Welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name is Stuart and I'm the minister here. It's my privilege to welcome you along to this service. There are a few things that I would like to remind you of or ask you to be involved in before we start our service today. The first is that as part of the service, all through Advent, we'll light our Advent candles. And I wonder if you would like to join in at home. If you have five candles, then gather them together. Doesn't matter if they're all the same or not. We'll light one each week each Sunday of Advent and one on Christmas Day. And we'll do that in just a moment to begin with. So you might want to pause and go and look for some candles before we start with the service. I'd also ask you to sign up for our Advent email every day during December from the 1st to the 25th all the way to Christmas Day. I'm going to send you an email. It's going to have a reading. It's going to have a short thought and a prayer, but it's also going to have a character that you can make to build your own nativity. So there are 25 different things that you're going to get. They're made from paper, so you're going to have to have some paper and some things to colour the paper in and maybe some glue to stick the paper together because it involves cutting out and folding and sticking. So I hope that you can all join in with that and I'd love to see your pictures of it. So you could post them on the church Facebook page or you can send them to me and I'll post them for you, and we can include some of them in the service as we go along. It'd also be good if you sent some pictures of you lighting your Advent candles. That'd be great too. And finally, it's the weekend where we usually switch on the Christmas lights in Stonehouse, and obviously the church has been heavily involved in organising that in the past years. This year, we can't do that in person, but we have managed to do it by magic. On Sunday, the Gala Queen Kirsten will perform her only duty of the year because the Gala Day was cancelled, but she gets to switch on the Christmas lights. So it'd be brilliant if you could join us at 5.15 on the church website. That's saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk and we will join together with some of the organisations from Stonehouse who are going to sing for us for TABS and the Jubilee Club and the Stonehouse Male Voice Choir. We'll have a message from St Andrew's Hospice who we usually light a light on the Christmas tree in Adolf, and we'll all be able to join together in switching on the Christmas lights. So I hope you can join us at that point. So as we join together in worship today, let's begin this service with a prayer. Let's join in prayer. God of mystery and majesty, comfortingly close and disturbingly distant, worryingly near and comfortably far away, we bring ourselves tentatively into awareness of your presence, wondering what today's encounter may bring. Will we be awed by your greatness or humbled by your vulnerability? Will we know without a doubt that you are here or grieve for the old certainties now gone? If you did come among us once, do we really expect you to come again? All these thoughts are in our mind as we prepare to celebrate your birth, the birth of a child who grew into a man in whom your spirit was so powerfully distilled that they called him Emmanuel, God with us. Eternal God, we want and need you to be with us, but we fear your presence too. Will you come with words of comfort or of judgment? Will you be pleased with what you find and the welcome that you receive or will we disappoint you and reject you as we did before? 
We have plenty of sins to confess. We've not been good stewards of your creation. We've not made the best use of our time. We've not lived up to our own ideals. Never mind your hopes for us. And we are sorry. But it's hard for us too. Hard to know what to pray for. Hard to know what to do for the best. Hard to go on waiting and hoping as one year gives way to another and nothing seems to change. So deal with us gently, God. Come among us with encouragement and hope as well as forgiveness. Show us a new and better way to live and give us strength and courage to follow in your way. Hear us, Lord, as we pray in your words, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. So now let's join together in lighting our Advent candle. God is the light in our darkness, lighting our way and guiding our path. May you be blessed this Advent as we celebrate the journey towards the stable where the light of the world will be born. Mark chapter 13 verses 24 to 37 But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds, with great power and glory. Then he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. As we step into Advent, it's a bit of a shock to be presented with this apocalyptic vision from Mark's Gospel. But then it's 2020, so maybe we shouldn't be surprised to get a reading about darkness covering the earth and the stars falling out the sky. This season of Advent, this four weeks at the start of the church year, the, the countdown to Christmas, is the very essence of the now and not yet of the Gospel. Advent means the arrival of a notable person or thing. So it's easy to see how that gets sucked into only being about Christmas 
because we're waiting for the arrival of a baby. We're waiting to once again tell the story of the time when God slipped into skin and lived among us. We're waiting to hear carols and eat turkey and exchange presents, but perhaps with a sense of anxiety rather than expectation this year. Perhaps rather than being a problem, that discomfort, that nervousness that we all feel about life at the moment could help us to get to the heart of Advent because Advent's about waiting for things to change for the better. We always think that we are the first people to ever have felt like this. But as usual, well, there's nothing new here. The prophet Isaiah wrote these words two and a half thousand years ago. There's no one who calls in your name or attempts to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hands of our iniquity. The people of Isaiah's time had been defeated and many of them carried off by the Babylonians. Jerusalem had been destroyed and Isaiah writes amid the rubble. It felt like all was lost, that God had deserted them because they'd wandered off the path that God had given them. They only looked after themselves. They built an army with chariots and horses and they used slaves to build the temple, forgetting that their ancestors had been enslaved in Egypt and that God had led them to freedom. It was all supposed to be different, a new way of living. But it all went wrong. And there in the ruins, Isaiah names their praying. Why have you hidden your face from us, God? Where are you? Why have you let this happen to us? It all sounds so familiar. Our invader is not a bigger army, but a tiny virus. Our response, like Isaiah's, can be to wonder why God has let this happen to us. What have we done to deserve this? I'm not sure that's even the right question. Adversity comes and goes. This isn't some biblical plague. It's not a punishment for our sins. But what it does, like any time of trial, is to expose our real concerns, our real priorities. For some, it's brought out caring, responding to need, looking after those who need the help most. And to others, it's brought out self-centered disregard for our neighbours. The question Isaiah and Mark both settle on is a much bigger and better question. What will make it right? What needs to happen to make all this disaster and disappointment, this selfishness and greed, this hurt and heartache, what needs to happen to make it all better? Or perhaps, who will make it better is a more correct question. For Isaiah, the who is the long-promised Messiah, someone sent by God to once again set his people free. But it's a long wait. The people taken off to Babylon are eventually allowed to return, but not when the Messiah comes. They're freed because time passes and a new king decides that they should be allowed to return home. But the rumours persist. One day, one day the Messiah will come. One day. The rumour grows again when the Romans show up. Surely the time is now. Surely the Messiah will come and free us from another occupation. And the now and not yet is that uh, the Messiah did come. A child was born, the child who would change everything. And he did. The world, even 2,000 years later, is profoundly different because Jesus and his teachings exist. And so in Advent, we wait to revisit that moment, the moment when God enters into our world in frail flesh to live a life and show us a better way. 
And we'll get to do that soon. Just a few weeks to go. But what about the not yet? If the Messiah's already come, what is it that we still wait for? Why isn't everything sorted? I think we know the answer to that question. Us, we're not very good at all of this, are we? We're all flawed. There are things that we find difficult and people we find difficult moments that we don't live up to our own promise in. Times where we fall down and take a while to get back up again. We know we should do better, but things don't seem to get any better. And when that happens, it's easy to lose hope, easy to stop trying and to grasp onto a quick fix and a momentary lapse that will make us feel better for a short time, but bring about more hardship in the long term. Isaiah again gives voice to it. Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter and we are the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord. and Do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider this, we are all your people. Apocalyptic writing, like the passage we read in chapter 13 of Mark's Gospel, is about the same kind of struggle where we recognise the coming of something better. Where all the pain and sorrow and violence and hurt will be gone forever. Yes, the Messiah came and yes, things changed. People changed, lives changed. The way we live and think and worship and all kinds of things changed. But each week we still pray, your kingdom come. We're still waiting, still dissatisfied, still longing for things to change. Mark grapples with the question, what would happen if everything is as it should be? Because things aren't as they should be. Things aren't even as, as they could be. Sure, there are moments, fleeting glimpses of that tantalizing kingdom where we recognize the possibilities and it really could be like this, that the kingdom we pray for could become a reality. And that's what we really wait for in Advent. The not yet. The time when Christ will come again and all will be completed and restored and renewed. The time when God's kingdom really will come on earth as it is in heaven. Waiting is about living in a state of anticipation of nervous excitement when we know that something good is coming but we don't quite know when or, or what it will be like. It makes us watchful looking for the signs of the moment approaching. We notice there might be trees going up or Christmas lights being switched on. It might be a Coke advert or the one for John Lewis on the TV. It might be the weather or little bits of chocolate from a calendar or a candle lit. Advent is a time of waiting, a time of anticipating. A time of watching for the signs that the kingdom is breaking into our world. That doesn't come in trees and adverts. It doesn't come in turkeys and tinsel. It doesn't come in chocolates and candles. The inbreaking of the kingdom comes in moments of kindness and acts of love. It comes in justice being done and freedom won. It comes in daily bread for all and the release from captivity of our wrongdoing. Our waiting is not passive. Our waiting is not sitting idle. Our waiting is not without task. Like Mark, we are called to bring attention to the wait, to notice the signs and to share the hope. We're called to be that light in the darkness. Ours is the job of bringing Advent, the advent of this new kingdom. The frost is hard, the silence deepening, the light shrinks and the waiting is long. It is the advent and we wait with the prophets, 
listening and hearing their ancient whisper, the long echo of the deepest hope the universe has known, of a promise coming real. And now you can almost touch it, feel its breath. And this first moment of Advent's quickening, let's turn towards the sound of the baby's restlessness and these shortening days where we long for the light. So beware, keep alert. If you do not know when the time will come, and you wouldn't want to miss it now, would you?
close your eyes and think of a time when you were waiting for something. The results of an exam or a medical test perhaps, for a message or a phone call, for someone to arrive or to leave, for a train, a bus, a birthday or Christmas, for holidays to begin or lockdown to end, waiting for a birth or a death or just waiting, not sure what for. Remember what waiting feels like. The pacing up and down, not able to settle. Checking the time, looking out of the window, the anxiety, the hopeful expectation. And now with the, the butterflies flitting prettily around your stomach, let us pray. Advent God, this is the church's time for waiting. Not yet for carols and celebrations, there's too much that could still go wrong. But hope is in the air. There's no special star yet in the night sky. Nothing to rise the shepherds from their slumbers or to distract the wise ones from their calculations. But something is definitely in the air. Gabriel is plotting the flight path to Nazareth. The heavenly hosts are doing their vocal warm-ups and the world is waiting. The hungry are waiting to be fed. The blind are rubbing their eyes. The lame are trying on new trainers. The poor are waiting desperately to be lifted up. And the mighty have no idea that they will soon be toppled from their thrones. God, we are waiting too. With a mixture of excitement and resignation, may our hope prevail over our fear. May we do what we can do and trust you for what we can't. May we work and rest and be ready. And first in the queue to welcome you when you come in glory. Amen. So go with your heart and soul in eager anticipation, awaiting the coming of good news. Be a living witness of that hope, sharing the blessing of God in word and action. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with you and those whom you love and those you find hard to love this day and evermore. Amen.